Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media. I do also think, like I said, that the users are more understanding of the value exchange. You know, I give my data and I get uh, free content or, or I pay a subscription and I get no ads. Hello, I'm Gavin Stewart, Marketing Director and Co-Founder of Ashton Media and the host of this new Ashton Cast series, Video Fast Forward, brought to you by our friends at Pubmatic. These are short, sharp stories and solutions to the biggest challenges in marketing, advertising, media, and CX. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment, and tell anyone you know that is interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find AshtonCast on all of the major podcast players. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au forward slash ashtoncast for more info. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Ashton Cast. I'm here with the one and only Pete Barry. Pete, how are you doing today, mate? I'm great, Gav. Um, great to be here. Great to see you in the flesh again. Um, it's what's it, what's it been? Uh, March is the last time we saw yeah, each it's other. Been, so. It's been since March, mate. We um, yeah, it was it was the last time we were able to do a an in person podcast recording. Yep. Everything that we've done with Ashencast in the in the in the interim has been done over Zoom, which is just just it's just not the same. Not know? the same. Um, you know, it's great being in a room with you, Gav. Oh, thanks. Uh, certainly, today is a good day, mate. Yeah, it's very exciting. And um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Pete. Uh, yeah, so I work for Podmatic, um, Regional Director ANZ, um, and Podmatic is a supply-side platform. So technology, we work with publishers uh, to um, help them monetize their ad inventory, and we work with buyers uh, to help them deliver good ROI for their campaigns. Yeah, cool. And and you've been in the game for, for some time. We've been through this before, but I don't think I asked you last time we caught up, but what is it that you love about what you do? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, you know, the, the easy answer uh, or the obvious answer is, you know, the people I work with, um, great team, great company, great culture. Um, the other, the other obvious one is, uh, the ability or the opportunity to learn. So you're learning every day and that's uh, awesome. But I would say given the world we live in, um, I feel very, very grateful to be working for a company that has taken such good care of its employees. So Podmatic um, is it remains profitable. It remained pr- profitable throughout the first half of Fantastic. the year, and and the company took some steps uh, when when the when COVID started rolling out. Um, uh, things like um, reframing our bonus structure so that we had more control, so more behavioural and less uh, tied to revenue, and so that made people feel a little bit more comfortable and in control of their destiny somewhat. And I think. During uh, uncertain times, I think that that goes a long way. Um, they also gave us like a work from home budget to invest in, you know, right. the equipment we need and encourage people to step away, um, you know, take holidays, take breaks, that sort of to thing. Find so, that balance, yeah. Yeah, so I feel incredibly fortunate to be part of a, a company that's uh, that is all those things and really kind of showed their true colors during tough times. Yeah, brilliant. And so, how have you found managing a team remotely during this year? 
Um, it's been interesting. Um, I, I, you know, because we're in technology, I think we're we're naturally kind of set up to be able to um, operate remotely. Uh, we have a very seasoned team here. Uh, everybody works really, really hard anyway, um, and so it, it was a reasonably. Um, seamless transition, I would say. I mean, we changed certain things. We had daily uh, morning check-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to do, uh, not had to, but we did some social stuff cool. remotely, obviously, you know, Friday afternoon, a uh, couple of drinks or whatever, some t- quizzes and that kind of thing. And um, we've been working very hard on content and uh, making sure that we're, we're front of mind uh, as well. So it's been it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Ah, oh, fantastic, mate. Just to, to switch it up a little bit here, what's a great, TV advertising campaign you remember from when you were a kid? So, I I probably shouldn't say Guinness. Um, you can, you given can say it, you given I was word. a kid, but you know, <laughs> living in Ireland back in uh, back in the eighties, I was a kid. Um, you know, there were some great Guinness campaigns, right? Uh, I probably wasn't the target market, but I remember them nonetheless. And um, I would say one that that uh, jumps out to me would be, and I don't know whether the product existed here and or exists here in Australia, is Shaken Vac. Uh, so th- they had this great jingle. Um, I, I was going to pull it up on my phone actually uh, before before we uh, we started recording, but um, maybe next time so it's got it, it ran in 1980 mm-hmm. uh, and I still remember the ad oh, wow. uh, 40 years later and and that really says what that tells me is they, they had this amazing jingle and 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 so the power of obviously the visual uh, medium uh, along with the audio um, can be very very powerful and so yeah 40 years later here we are talking about it um, and actually I was reading uh, I think it was this morning that uh, Netflix have employed Hans Zimmer uh, the great composer yeah. um, to to do their the noise or the sound that that uh, occurs when their logo pops up on the screen but for cinema oh, wow. um, so when there's a Netflix movie that's being shown in the cinema they have this amazing I listened to it this morning um, it's very different to the one that you get on your on your TV oh, when, you're, when you're watching Netflix um, and that will again it kind of gives you uh, it reflects the, the the power of audio and visual when combined yeah, um, so absolutely. I thought that was that was kind of interesting but shaken back and then some others <laughs> um, I did talk to my mates about this by the way on, on WhatsApp about like what you know what were the things we remember yeah sure a lot of people mentioned uh Guinness, as I as I said, but also uh, Cadbury's milk tray. There was the milk tray man, uh, who was kind of <laughs> like James Bond, um, and then we also had the the Coca Cola Christmas ads. Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't Christmas until you know you you heard that uh, jingle and you oh, saw wow. the trucks, uh, you know, with the the Coca Cola logo logo. So yeah, that's what I remember. Power of jingles, man. Uh, so yeah, switching it up here. When was the last time you went to the cinema? Very good question. So I, I've. Uh, Wow, uh, I mean it's a long time, right? It's pre yeah. pre COVID, but uh, I've been I've been meaning to try and get to see Tenet, which is sure. uh, which Chris is Nolan. the, the new Nolan, Nolan film, side. yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I just haven't had the time, so I will be going to see that. Um, so it's been what like five months or yeah, whatever. Five yeah. months. I miss the cinema. I, I do miss too it a lot. Oh, I do too. It's great. There's nothing like the ac- impact of a cinema ad. I think they're, they're absolutely they're brilliant. I can't wait to see some of the Netflix stuff up on the big screen as well. It'd be very cool. Yeah, I think you know so, some of the creative uh, in cinema is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know it can be hit and miss like anything, right? Sure. So it, it kind of depends on the campaign. Yeah. We just touched on what's a great TV ad you can remember. What about a great web banner ad? So I don't remember any great web banner campaigns, uh, but having said that, um, that doesn't mean they're not effective. You know, I don't remember the the ad I saw that made me click on it to go on and purchase that gig ticket pre-COVID now. I don't remember that ad, but it still influenced my purchase. 
you know, I don't think anybody really remembers a great print campaign either. There have been some great ones. And, and actually, I do remember one or two. It's probably because I work in, in advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because you don't remember it uh, doesn't mean it's not going to inspire you to go and purchase or influence your decision. And so, obviously, the TV ads came to mind sort of more vividly from a creative perspective than the banner ads. Um, so, why do you think that is? Yeah, so so I've been thinking about this one and w- what occurred to me was, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, um, there, there were like two, two TV channels, right? So, if I think about the TV shows I remember mm. from back when I was a kid, you know, you come home from school, you, put, you get your bowl of cereal generally. Weedabix in Ireland, not Weedabix, it's Weedabix, very different. <laughs> and uh, you, you put on the TV and the choices were neighbors and home and away this is in ireland no 19, really? 1980s ireland right like, <laughs> Brilliant. yeah so so that's because we had rt1 and we had rt2 that was it so so i remember those shows because you know that that's all we had wow. right? a huge impact is that how you ended up here uh not quite okay yeah, I, I mean i did want to see palm beach uh but uh, no that's not uh, that's not the exact reason um but but if you think about that i mean the the, the tv shows were more impactful uh, mm. There were there were less distractions. Nobody had phones. There were there was less choice. Um, and if you think then about the TV ads, you remember the ads uh, a lot more. I mean, if you think about all of the TV channels, if you want to call them that these days, yep. all of the options, all the choice sure. we have. Um, I've got like eight subscriptions eight right subscriptions. now uh, to to like various streaming sure. uh, things, which is insane. Right? Yeah. Now, I've I've cut That's the cord, lot. but I have all these these other things. <laughs> um, and and for a TV show to get cut through there, it's got to be like Game of Thrones. It's got to pump huge budgets into marketing. It's sure. got to be like uh, you know Stranger Things. So the ads for the ads, it's exactly the same thing. What are the ads we all remember now? They're the uh, the Super Bowl ads. Mm. Right? They're the like once a year uh, massive investment so, sort of you know huge production value sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. So it's it's an, I don't I don't think the ads back back in the day so to speak were were way better from a creative perspective than they are now. I just think there are all these distractions that there weren't back then. People, you know, our attention spans gone from 13 seconds to like six seconds or whatever sure. it is. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's certainly a, um, that, that's been a cause, uh, or, you know, fragmentation is probably a big, big part of the, uh, the reason for that. Yeah. Interesting. And so would ads you saw ever come into discussions you had with your friends and your family growing up or do you have anything you wanted to share around those discussions? Yeah, I mean, I mean, family probably not. I, other than like nagging my my parents to buy me the latest Transformer, right? So yeah, <laughs> latest that, Lego toys. And yeah, stuff, that, right? that was pretty effective <laughs> yeah. uh, advertising. Um, I'm not sure if you're allowed to do that these days as much uh, for toys, maybe, <laughs> but not like McDonald's or, yes. or whatever. Um, but with my with my friends again, yeah, I've, you know, I've chatted to them about this, and and there were all those ones that I mentioned earlier on. Or actually, one that that really stood out was um, it was the Levi's the Levi's ads, right? Um, because they had like this amazing soundtrack. Generally, if you if when when the the new Levi's ad run uh, ran, the the song went to number one in the charts. Right. Um, so yeah, there were some amazing ads, yeah, some really. amazing tracks. Um, and if you think about it, we weren't the target market. I was like five, six years of age. Yeah. I wasn't buying, You're not jeans. buying jeans. <laughs> I'm not buying jeans, but I remember it today, right? So I think there's a lesson there somewhere for any marketer who's who's you know doing a campaign that while a a kid may not be your uh, uh, target audience, and um, certainly if you have uh, an amazing campaign with an amazing soundtrack, again tying it to audio, um, then then you know you can years down the line influence decisions and conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I remember so clearly when I was a young fella playing basketball after school most days we'd finish playing basketball and of course we'd have to go get a Gatorade because who drank Gatorade 
Michael Jordan, right? So we were like, oh, yeah, this will kind of make us play like Jordan. Clearly not, obviously. But um, yeah, I think you need a lot more than yeah. Gatorade, <laughs> more uh, than Gatorade for you to be mate. able to <laughs> sink him like Jordan. But keep trying, man. No, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get a little more sort of technical now. So what issues do users of current AVOD platforms face, do you think? It's best to start by saying that the AVOD platforms are doing a lot of things right at the moment. You know, um, you're able to get the right audience at the right time with the right ad um, for the majority of the time. So, so the industry has come on leaps and bounds. A lot of things going well uh, yep. in that area. But I think uh, broadcast and video is at a, at a point that display was several years back. Sure. So sometimes the setup can be inefficient. Uh, so you may have a, a waterfall style setup where you have maybe one uh, partner sitting at the top um, and some partners sitting below them. And, and sometimes the marketer maybe can't uh, buy via the partner they would like to. They don't have access to the full uh, suite or set of users or inventory. Um, and so what that means for the public publisher is that uh, there's opportunities to monetize are, are going amiss. And then ultimately what that means for the consumer is that uh, the publisher making less money means that they're not able to reinvest that uh, money into quality content. So that so, affects the user um, down the line. Uh, but but also, you know, it can lead to technical issues as well, timeouts, maybe latency and so on, and that can affect the user experience. So there there are some um, issues right now, but they're being worked on and, and they're um, in the process of being fixed. But it's the year 2020, right? So, you know, why haven't these issues been resolved? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the, the the huge growth and I would say extreme um, changes that we've seen in the industry over the past couple of years. So you, you've got different types of screens, you've got different uh, delivery mechanisms, you've got uh, you know different um, uh, players in the market and so on. That's like uh, an extreme pace of change, and for the market to keep up with that is very very difficult. Um, so, like I said, we're getting there. We've just Podmatic have just released uh, OpenRap OTT, which is our header bidding solution for OTT and connected television. Uh, and we've got a, a bunch of beta partners uh, running our solution right now. And, and that solves a lot of the problems. Like traditionally uh, with header bidding broadcast, you would see some back-to-back uh, -back ad issues or some competitive exclusion issues, uh, latency and so on. We have solved uh, the, the majority of that. Right. Um, so it feels like we're really at an inflection point when it comes to uh, header bidding technology for uh, broadcast video on demand. Exciting times ahead, mate. Indeed. Exciting Very exciting. Ahead. 2021 is going to be a great year. So, Pete, I know you've mentioned a couple of, you know, very well-known industry acronyms, uh, you know, throughout. And I was just wondering if you could tell people who don't know, what's SVOD and what's AVOD and what OTT, perhaps, and CTV? What are the key ones and what are the differences between them all? Sure. So, um, yeah, good good question. We, we are an industry full of acronyms. There are new ones every other day. So, um, SVOD is subscription video on demand. So, think Netflix, where you pay a subscription, but there are no ads. Uh, AVOD is uh, advertising-funded video. Video on demand, so think maybe nine now or ten play or, or you know th those um, kind of uh, players, I guess. Um, CTV or we'll start with OTT. OTT is over the top uh, video, so uh, essentially video on demand via the internet. Mm -hmm. YouTube, for example. 
Uh, yeah, or again, like Netflix and, sure. and that sort of stuff. Uh, you watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then CTV is really just the, deliv- the delivery method or the delivery device for, um, it's connected television is what it stands for, so that you will watch uh, the OTT on your CTV. Uh, so um, think Sorry. about your smart TV on the wall. So you may have the app directly embedded in the, the connected television, or you may have a television that you've got like a PlayStation or Xbox Xbox console uh, connected and you may watch your uh, content via the PlayStation or the Xbox and that is still connected television. So in the in the past few years, we've discussed the way web ads can impact UX through issues like third-party cookies. Are there any parallels between these and the situation OTT and CTV platforms face today? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the, the technical setup, uh, certainly, yes. Again, I mentioned a waterfall that used to exist in display. Predominantly, that's gone now. Um, and, and header bidding is the dominant uh, strategy or technology. Um, those inefficiencies uh, are... Um, are currently uh, exist within CTV or OTT and, and broadcast video. Uh, but like I said, that is changing. Um, so as uh, we roll out our technology and, and, and uh, other um, players roll theirs out, um, that problem will be solved. If you're talking more about uh, privacy and that sort of stuff and, and uh, maybe too many pixels being dropped on a page, uh, causing it to slow down and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, it doesn't exist to the same extent in in uh, OTT, CTV, and so on. Uh, it's more device ID uh, based, so you don't have the same set of problems there. Um, but certainly, uh, um, there are some parallels. But I think most of those are being solved, as I mentioned. Yeah. So, as a consumer, when do you think we can expect to have like a seamless experience? I mean, it exists right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've been watching some of the some of the AVOD uh, stuff on my on my beautiful new connected television with, um, with the eight subscriptions. With the eight subscri- <laughs> subscriptions, occasionally I look at some of the the AVOD stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, because I had to, because I was forced to. Uh, I watched uh, some reruns of Pooch Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much Channel 7 for that Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah I mean it was a pretty good experience right I mean what we're aiming to do is replicate that linear TV experience uh, for consumers uh, on a connected television but it's actually a better experience because the ads are not uh, being targeted at a household level they're being targeted at at a uh, almost an individual level or a device level and so they're they're intelligent, they're relevant. Um, so uh, yeah, as long as you can create that, you know, there's no buffering, there's no lag, there's no back to backs, um, then it's a a better experience all around. And I think consumers are understanding that uh, you know someone like me that's got eight uh, SVOD subscriptions. I probably won't be able to sustain that. So I'll be looking at, um, you know, maybe I, I start uh, removing some of those and, and uh, watching more AVOD stuff. So um, so there's a great opportunity there, I think, for some of the local folks like 9, 10, 7, SBS and so on. How can CTV and OTT platforms develop trust and avoid falling into that same trap? I mean, we obviously always talk about trust and we always talk about privacy. So what are your thoughts around that? There are privacy frameworks now and laws and and regulations. You know, you've got GDPR in the EEA, you've got uh, CCPA in California and a bunch of other stuff that's being rolled out. Um, So I think as an industry, uh, we are better regulated. um, And I think as a result of that, those same mistakes that occurred in the past are unlikely to be replicated uh, going forward.
Now, I do know some of the broadcasters have uh, created unique identifiers to ensure that their users can't be targeted beyond their uh, environment. Um, and I think that's important as well to respect the user's privacy. Um, so, you know, I, I do also think, like I said, that the users are more understanding of the value exchange. Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. you know, I give my data um, and I get uh, free content in return. It's a balancing act, right? Yeah, or or I pay a subscription and I get no ads, and my private my my data is uh, con- completely um, my own. Mm. Interesting, interesting. I, yeah, I think that that balancing act is is one that I, I feel personally more users are really starting to understand that for sure from a better perspective. So let's switch it up a bit here. Time for some lighthearted stuff. So international travel, we've we've done very well by the way. We haven't talked about COVID very much today, which is fantastic. So well done, Pete. Um, so international travel currently off the cards, and uh, you know, what two destinations are you looking forward to getting to when that changes and why? So definitely uh, going home to Ireland to see the mother, the Irish mammy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been a tough time back there, I way, bet, way yeah. tougher than we've had it here. Um, but, you know, my family are, are doing very well, but it'd be great to see them uh, again. I got to see them last Christmas. I was lucky. Um, but yeah, I will be rushing back home and hanging out with mum and getting a few pints of Guinness. And I'm like a I'm like a walking ad for Guinness today. But anyway, <laughs> you are today, mate. <laughs> uh, so, so that's the reason for that. Um, and second, uh, I'm hoping to go to Mount Kinabalu or climb Mount Kinabalu in, in Borneo. Oh, uh, wow. That that trip was teed up for just just as uh, the outbreak happened. I'm um, going to be doing that with my boss, Jason, who's based in Singapore and his son and a bunch of other uh, folks. Um, so yeah, that's like a that's like a once in a lifetime trip. Really? Uh, so yeah. Is that a bucket list thing or? Uh, I mean, it wasn't till Jason brought it up. And I said, <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, I'll put that number one on my bucket list. Um, so that's that's the other place. We, we, you know, we've 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 got that in the bank. We just yeah. gotta be allowed to travel again, and, and then we'll uh, we we'll get over there and see some of the orangutans. Mate, that'll be fantastic. Really, have you done much mountain climbing before? No, okay, no, I haven't. Oh, you gotta start uh, somewhere. Fine. Right? It's like walking up the stairs, right? Yeah, sure, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Um, so what was the last business book that you read mm. and what was your key takeaway? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not doing a huge amount of reading at the moment. I've got eight SVOD sub- subscriptions to uh, <laughs> get value out of. Um, but the last business book I read, um, you know, I'm, I used to play rugby. I'm a big rugby fan, uh, Legacy by James Kerr. Um, so that's essentially what can we learn from a business and life perspective from the All Blacks. Um, in terms of what I, I took away from it, I think one of the early uh, messages, uh, they, they call it sweeping the sheds. Um, so what that means is like after the game, the players will, will clean up after themselves and they'll sweep the shed, so to speak. And that the, the message there is stay modest and stay connected and never forget uh, where you came from as you move up uh, the rungs in terms of leadership. I think that's a great message. And so media consumption has obviously gone through the roof uh, in, in the in the Barry household. What's what's currently being binged, which isn't pooch perfect, I think you said. Not it, pooch perfect. <laughs> no, we've moved on from that. So so um, as part of my midlife crisis tour 2020, I've taken up um, uh, combat sports. Um, so, uh, as a result of that, in I've the got year into of social it, distancing. In the year of social, we're, we're allowed to get into it again uh, now. Um, but I, uh, yeah, so I've gotten into a show called Kingdom on Netflix, which is kind of like an MMA gym or whatever. So that's my park your brain at the door show, sure, uh, which I'm enjoying at the moment. Uh, the other thing is um, uh, World's Toughest Race on Amazon. 
Uh, that's Bear Grylls oh, and it's like it's insane stuff. yeah it's insane what these people put themselves through and you know I think it's great to, to watch that stuff and you know try and figure out if if you could maybe do that as as uh, you know if you could stand up to something like that so that's been pretty good lately maybe after Mount Kinabalu is that you next maybe no no way man World's it's greatest. like 11 days of hell <laughs> No way. I do one day of hell, that's it. <laughs> That'll do you. One more, Pete, and then you're off the hook. There's two parts to this question. A bunch of the streaming platforms like Netflix and Stan, Disney+, Plus, etc., they don't have ads yet. Do you think this will change? And if so, when? Great question. Um, yeah, I, I think some of them will and some of them won't. I mean, so if you look at Disney as an example or Apple TV, they have like this whole other business and that's just a small part of what they do. So perhaps they won't. Um, I think Netflix and folks like Stan uh, potentially will. Uh, and the reason I say that is um, if you look at Spotify as an example, they've got this dual model of, of ad funded or subscription based. Stan have, you know, they're, they're backed by nine. Uh, and they've got the sales team in place already. They're already used to delivering ads uh, and, and content together. So they've got the infrastructure. And if if uh, they want to gain share, share from Netflix, if you think about it, if they were to offer this free um, uh, alternative, I think they would steal uh, users from, from, net, from Netflix. Mm. Uh, because as subscription fatigue sets in and people have, like I do, uh, eight uh, or, or more subscriptions, as they start culling some of those, they're going to be looking for some uh, options. And Stan has some awesome content. Um, and I think people may not be able to pay for that, but they would be willing to uh, watch ads. The SVOD wars uh, are, are, you know, it's, it's reaching kind of a, a, a high point at the moment. Um, so I think they'll have to get smart and be dynamic to, to, to win out. Uh, and I think there's a huge opportunity there. And there's a massive opportunity, obviously, for marketers as, as well. Brilliant. There's just one more question that came to mind as, as we were talking about this. And obviously, it's been a pretty interesting and challenging year for a lot of people. What, what's the one thing that you have learned this year that, that you'll take forward for the rest of, rest of your days? Uh, I would say... I've learned to value the simple things. Uh, obviously, I've learned to value my job even more than I did pre-COVID, uh, but I've learned to value the simple things. And, and actually, I miss when when we were in deep lockdown, as deep as it got here in New South Wales. Uh, I miss you know uh, not having anywhere to go or anything to do. I mean, then you just turn to going for a walk or going to get your coffee or chilling out. Slowing down, right? S slowing down, right? And it, it felt like pre um pre covid uh, there, there was like we 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 were pretty frantic uh, as a not just an industry but just as a world yep. uh and and we were forced to push the pause button and i think that's been that's that's been good uh, to a large extent but it's easy for me to say right because i've uh, i've i've managed to keep my job and so on so i have a certain perspective on it but definitely i would say i i learned to appreciate the simple things yeah i think my my kind of take on that is a phrase that has kept on coming up in my mind during this year is less is enough yeah you know Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at all the stuff you have, right, that yeah. you can't, you know, you can't use uh, yep. anymore, right? So I, I definitely think there is a, a lesson there. I'm not quite going to become a minimalist. <laughs> um, but uh, Not without but, subscriptions, buddy. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I will be calling them eventually. Some of them are free trials, sure, mind you. Sure. So, um, so, uh, so, yeah, I think there, there's a really valuable lesson there for, for most people. Fantastic. Peter Barry, thank you very much for your time today. Much appreciated. Thank you, Gavin. On the next episode of the Video Fast Forward series, we'll be playing the full interview with Nicola Lewis of Group M. 
Stay tuned. This Ashton Car series was proudly brought to you by our friends at Pubmatic. Again, please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell anyone that you know that is interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all of the major podcast players, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. This episode was produced in collaboration with Ashton Media and Podpaste here in Sydney, Australia. Executive produced by Gavin Stewart and the team at Pubmatic. Supervising producer, Darren Lake. Audio production, sound design and engineering by Eamon Connolly. Story writing producer, Aidan Mullins. And podcast management by Michelle Lee. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media.